Let's get it. Welcome to the Hampton Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Hampton. This is my co-host, Cooper Neal. What's up? What's up, Cooper? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. Tough scene. I know you had a tough weekend, bro. Yeah, tough. But we have so much to get into, including Cooper's Ole Miss Rebels taking their first L of the season. Tom Brady also has his first losing record since 2002. But first, the NBA season has their first week in the books, Cooper Neal, and we have three of their biggest surprises through one week of the NBA season. Give me your first one. <laughs> Defense does not exist no, in it the doesn't. NBA. So just to give you a little stats, there are five teams right now averaging 121 a game or more. There are 16 teams averaging 110 to 119. Jeez. And then there are the nine bottom dwellers. Still averaging 103 or more to 110. Just out of curiosity, who do you think are at the bottom of the league and averaging points per game? Is Philly down there? Philly's one of them. That's one of my surprises for sure. Um, San Antonio, Indiana. No, San Antonio. No, they, they they've been record. scoring. Is Indiana down there? Indiana's not down there. Uh, I know Houston's not because they've been scoring a ton. Uh, think of your uh, crap os- offenses. No, they're not there. Shit. New York? Nope. Washington? Washington's on there. Miami? Yep. Boston, but it's not Boston. No. Um, that type of team, though. Yeah. The Miamis of the world. They're in the East? Yeah, lots of teams in the East. There's Orlando? Uh, yep, Orlando. There's one, two, three more teams in the East and one, two in the West. Uh, Sacramento, because they're 0-3. they got to be down there. No? Another 0-3 team in California, though. The Lakers, for sure. The Lakers. Yeah, yeah they're LA team, too. Clippers are down there. Clippers wow. are down there. They haven't played as many games, though, but they also, they're also not showing anything. Yeah, no, they're I mean, not, they're their leading score is like 15 points per game. They're exactly. not showing Exactly. They're not showing much. Who are the two East teams? Uh, Bucks and Bulls and the Raptors wow. were the other one. Bucks play fantastic Bucks, defense. Yeah, they yeah. play incredible defense. They're probably the, one of the only good defensive-rated teams right now. But, no, nah, defense does not exist. I've had to watch – I mean, not had to. I get the privilege to watch my Grizzlies yeah, exactly. with the lead-leaguing points per game at John Moran. But exactly. we don't play a lick of defense. No, we don't. And, by the way, if y'all are wondering why there's a coffee cup sitting on the table, I went to the uh, <laughs> Nets-Grizzlies games last night. Electric. And it was – yeah, it was electric in there, and I can I did not get much sleep. <laughs> so your boys uh, running on fumes will be sipping some coffee throughout the pod but yeah our grizzlies have not played any defense nobody has yeah Uh, it's i mean clearly if you have five teams averaging 121 or more is ridiculous Mm -hmm. Uh, let's be honest i mean most of the time you're not going to have many people in the 110 range Mm -hmm. and we have 21 teams at 110 or more so like that's ridiculous uh and that's definitely it's going to come down at some point because even just to hit on the grizz we started out nine and ten last year one of the worst defenses in the league we ended with the second best defense so like it's the beginning of the season we're playing three rookies, too. Exactly. And just around the league. Guys that have been in the league for so many years now, they do not care about October. They don't even care about November. No. Once the, league, or the season really starts for these veterans on Christmas. Yep. You know? and, and we'll get to see that. But, you know, here to overreact and Absolutely. have surprises to all of it. My first surprise being two teams. A team that you and I have a grand argument over right now. You think the Utah Jazz had the greatest offseason. Oh, best offseason. Yeah, I think oh. it was the Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell, and I think he's proved that. But Utah Jazz are 3-1, and one, which is absolutely shocking to me. Four I think uh, their GM, Danny Ainge, is probably on the phone as we speak <laughs> trying to ship off everything because he's like, we're too good. I want Victor Webb Yama right <laughs> now. And another team 
that is shockingly good to me is a Portland Trailblazers. They're at 4-0. and Yes, I expected this team to be a playing team, but for Dame to walk in in this kind of shape and be averaging 33-5-5 and and Anthony Simons on Monday night to have 22 points in one quarter alone, I love what I'm seeing from Portland. And them at 4-0, and it's reminded reminding everyone that Dame time still exists, man. Dude. First off, I had Jazz best offseason coming into the light as the four seed in the West right now, and then I also had Portland being 4-0 because I did not see that coming. They've beaten the Nuggets, the Suns, the Lakers, and the Kings. It's been a rain. All four of those teams I put above them in our preseason predictions. Granted, I had them in 11, so they're literally all in a row, but <laughs> yeah. like those are four teams that I put as better than them. Obviously, I think the Lakers probably are going to be competing for Victor Wavanyama at some point because uh, – oh, wait, never mind. They don't have their pick. Um, <laughs> the Lakers are garbage. They don't have a pick for the next, like, 25 years. Yeah, no, and they're probably going to get rid of 2027 20, and 2029, 20, too. So. Yeah. But Portland really has shocked me because, I mean, you heard me. I said Dame and Anthony are going to be worse defensively than CJ and Dame. I, I don't know their defensive numbers, but seeing as nobody's playing defense, I'm not going to be just sitting out here saying gung-ho that they're playing great defense. But they're killing it with the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dame's averaging like 34, and Anthony's averaging 20. And Jeremy Grant's also looked really good. He has. He, he had a game one of the other night. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. He's a great three or four. He was putting up empty stats at Detroit all those years, and he kept wanting to be the number one guy. You're not a number one guy. You're not even a number two. You're a low-end three, high-end fourth Exactly. Option on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you you know how I feel about the Jazz. So If Anthony Simons can blossom into an all-star this year, I, I think Portland, you better watch out. They can be a 4-5-6 seed for sure and you know completely avoid the play-in, especially if they get this version of Damian Lillard. I still don't think it's worth, you know, whatever the extension he got years from now. I think it was like 58 or 60 million like, a year. Yeah, 50 million a year. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It is crazy. And for – at what age he will be in 2027 or whenever it kicks in. But my second surprise is on the losing end. It's a Philadelphia 76ers. This is everyone's um, surprise of the NBA season so far. I picked this team to win the Eastern Conference. They start one and three, and you and I were talking off air. We're talking about Steve Nash, and we'll get into the Nets later. We're talking about Steve Nash, and then you brought up Doc Rivers. He may be on the hot seat if this continues. You have Joel Embiid, a guy coming fresh off an MVP race last year. He hasn't really looked like MVP Joel thus far. Yeah. On the flip side of that, James Harden has been absolutely incredible. Yeah. And Tyrese Maxey's been all right as well. De'Anthony Melton hadn't been what they expected off the bench yet. But I think it's just going to take some time to get it together because these two guys have only been together now for, I think, 30 games, James Harden and Joel Embiid. So I'm I'm not completely overreacting to that. I'm just saying I'm surprised that they're sitting at one and three. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially with losing to the Spurs. Yeah. I mean, that was – nobody saw that coming. First off – these aren't one of my surprises, but the fact that the Spurs are also three and one along with Utah is just absolutely insane because I picked Spurs to be fifteenth in the West and I picked Utah to be fourteenth in the West. <laughs> it'll come fair, back. To be fair, I think it'll come back. It's just surprising. It is surprising sure. right now. But uh I did I had the seventy sixers being one and three. It's crazy to me because I picked them to be the best team. But I'm gonna go with a little different one. because um, to be fair, I didn't anticipate him being this bad. Yeah. I didn't think he was gonna be incredible but I didn't anticipate him being this bad. Ben Simmons has has been He almost has as bad. many fouls as points. He probably has more fouls than points. He's no, fouled out of close. two of the three games. Yeah, it's close. He has been awful. Awful. Um, and I know we, we were going to get into the Nets a little bit later because you got to watch him up close and personal. But, like, 
from somebody who's – I mean, I haven't gone on my way to watch Brooklyn Nets basketball except for this past game because they were playing my Grizzlies. Um, shout out <laughs> John Moran for fouling out Ben Simmons. But he looks so passive that it – he doesn't look like Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something still going on mentally for him that he's just got still a mental block yes. or if it's – he's still intimidated to not get chewed out by fans again after the thing in Philly. But, like, he, he still looks like the same guy that's going to pass away the wide-open dunk instead of – dunking it. Uh, there were several times last night, I didn't even notice he was on the court. I'm dead ass serious. I had no idea Ben Simmons was on the court, and he was guarding John Morant. This is a former first-team All-NBA guy, possibly defensive player of the year caliber guy, yep. guarding John Morant, and John gets whatever he has. He sleeps, walks to 38 <laughs> last night, and Desmond Bain has 38, 38. Right there alongside with him. But Ben Simmons, I saw him when he would, the few times he went to the line last night, he was grimacing. He was in pain holding his back, and it was very worrisome because the length of time he took off and for his back still to be bothering him to this point and to completely flip the script on the Brooklyn Nets, last night just watching this team, I I just wanted to watch what Brooklyn was doing in and out of timeouts and how Steve Nash kind of controlled the huddle. Um, there really was no control. The national anthem played. Kevin Durant wasn't even standing with his team. You know how all the NBA players stand in the line. I couldn't even find Kevin Durant. He was somewhere behind the basket when the national anthem was playing. And then also, in and out of timeouts, they weren't talking to each other. Of course, you look down at the Memphis sideline. This is not just because we're Memphis fans. Everybody knows this. We're dapping each other up. It's like a college team over there. But you look at Brooklyn, Kyrie and KD were arguing and about set plays in the first and second quarter, stuff that you do not need to be arguing about. Steve Nash would try to tell KD something. KD would just pass him off. It was very – it was like there's no soul of that team, no care of that team. KD was talking to multiple fans throughout, just talking to randos. He was looking up at his own sets. He didn't care whether they won or lost. I don't think Kyrie Irving did either. It was just a really bizarre experience because that team, I was so excited to see all the talent. I just want to see, is there anything to pull away positive from this Brooklyn thing? Because I'm not very high on them. I want to see if I could pull something away positive. It was worse than all the reports. It was absolutely worse than all the reports all offseason, and I didn't think that was possible. Absolutely, and I hate to say it because I, I have a lot of respect for Steve Nash. He was one of my favorite point guards, but he will probably be the first coach fired this year. He will be. Um, and it's it's one of those things where, honestly, Kevin Durant just looks pissed off. Like, the few times they would pan to him in the game, I'm like, this poor dude. Yeah. Like, he probably wishes he just retired. And for him to have 35 and not touch it down the stretch and just – he KD was telling Kyrie, yeah, go ahead and you take it. K, old KD, if I have 35, give me the effing ball and get out of the way so I can carry us to win. Dude, he's being guarded by David Roddy, Dylan Brooks, or uh, freaking yeah. Conchar. Exactly. He was doing whatever the hell him he Him and wanted. Dylan were chirping throughout the whole game, and KD had got pissed off in the third quarter, the fourth quarter. He just did not care. He didn't care. He didn't care. It's one of those things that, like, I'm so glad I put this team being a playing team because they're going to be worse than that, and I, I'm going to look like a genius. <laughs> yeah, they actually may be a playing team. That's a conversation we need to be had. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies side of this win tomorrow on Grizz Talk, so if you're Absolutely. from Memphis or just a Grizzlies fan in general, be sure to tune into that. But, yeah, the net side of it was very, very bad for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, seeing as we've kind of hit on all my things, we're going to come up with another one on the Dome. All right, do it. The Rockets will probably be a playing team this year. Um, dude, I'm a big, <laughs> that's all you. That's all you. That's all you. That was your That was your early preseason prediction. But, like, after watching them. Shout out them, to you for the Nets, though. Just, <laughs> I know we're four games in, like, thinking these are, like, sealed up. Sealed up. This is signed, yeah. sealed, delivered. But, no, like, seriously, this Rockets team – 
Jalen Green is going to be a menace Him? to society. Mm-hmm. Um, Shingun, for some ungodly reason, is an incredible basketball. I just don't get him whatsoever because he's smaller than every other center, but he plays bigger than every yes. other center, if that makes sense. Um, Jabari Smith hasn't really blossomed yet, but he there's the signs of where you're like, he's, he's got incredible. the green light now. Exactly. He's shooting that thing. Kevin Porter Jr. has been awesome. Tari Eason has been athletic, and yes. they still don't have Jay Sean Tate back. Like, I mean, this team – Eric Gordon, Freaky. a good vet there. He'll probably get shipped out. He eventually. will get shipped out, but, <laughs> but like we've been saying that for two years, and it hasn't true, happened. True. I, I think the Houston front office really is married to him. Uh, exactly, but they're competitive. Mm-hmm. They're young, and they don't. They just want to play basketball. Exactly. And it, it's interest. It's interesting to watch. I think Steven Stylus is finally like, oh my god, thank God, I finally get a year where I'm actually going to be able to like coach some basketball players to play basketball to win. Mm-hmm. Like it's not one of those things where. Oh hey Steven, uh, we're gonna we're gonna sit Jalen for these final fifty games, man. You see that Victor Wabanyama kid? We want him. It's one it's one of those things where like, hey, go play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's all you gotta do. And I I think he's gonna do a really good job with them. They beat the undefeated Jazz last night. Uh, sadly, my Jazz couldn't go eighty two and zero. Like I, <laughs> you wouldn't have been saying they had the worst offense <laughs> after that. <laughs> oh, but uh, no, I, I I really do think just off the dome, the Rockets have really impressed me this year. Um, especially seeing as I was kind of comparing them to a team like the Pistons. The Pistons just haven't really won yet. Um, but the Rockets have been rather impressive to see this year. They have been. I believe. What are they like? One and two or something. Yeah, but then they, they've had to play. They played competitive. They're one and three. Uh, but they beat the Jazz. Got they got they got roughed up by the Bucks. They were in that Hawks game. The Bucks, Grizzlies, and Hawks. I mean, those are three tough teams. Exactly. They were supposed to lose to, and they were supposed to win over the Jazz. Unfortunately, and they did. And yeah. I did see the Jalen Green and Jabari Smith video of them two arguing. I interpreted that in a positive way. It wasn't of oh my god, this losing team is just already you know falling yeah. apart. No, it wasn't that at all. It showed that these young guys cared. Oh, yeah. And Jalen Green, to go through what he went through last year and have a toxic cancer like Kevin Porter in the locker room. And Christian you. Wood. Yeah, and Christian Wood. You never know that he could just get used to losing. No, he exactly. was pissed, and they ended up winning that game. So exactly. I wasn't too – been out of shape about that. Dude, look at John Morant. John Morant literally just the other day was chewing out Santi Aldama. He said, shoot the effing ball. Like, do you remember I'll that? tell you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's one of those things to have that camaraderie to – but, like – I wanted to say it when you were talking about the Nets, the Grizzlies have a culture. Yes. The Nets do not. There's pe- there's a reason that people like Conchar, Brandon Clark, uh, even Demel when we signed him and Tyus, there's a reason all these people are signing for way less than they could go get on the open market. They're buying in. They they're like, dude, I'll be the eighth man on this team. Are you kidding me? This mm-hmm. team is awesome. Steven Adams said this is the best run organization I've been a part of. Yeah. And so like he played for Oklahoma City for a decade. Oklahoma City's been pretty good. Oh um, yeah. And so it's one of those things where the Grizzlies have that, and I think the Hawks are. I think they're kind of on that trajectory. Jalen Green's taking the leadership role, saying no. Hey, look, shoot it. Mm-hmm. If you're wide open, don't hesitate. Just go. If you miss it, you miss it. If you don't, you don't. He's like, and I, I think that's. I agree, I agree with you. Positive light on that because at the end of the day, if you're, it's good when a teammate saying, "Hey, dude, exactly. do your job." Mm-hmm. Like if, if me and you were playing basketball together, which we rarely do because we always have to play against each other. But like, <laughs> if I shoot like thirty <laughs> times in a row, and you're like, "Cooper, you're not a three point shooter. Stop effing pa- pass the ball, damn it, Dylan <laughs> I don't Brooks." Think that ever come out of my mouth? <laughs> it would okay. if I started shooting like Dylan Brooks did last night in that five minute <laughs> yeah. span. By the way, he got shots up after the game. I saw it on Twitter. I was laughing at it. I'm did like, he actually make any? Uh, no, he actually <laughs> missed a few after the game was hilarious. Dude, but by the way, so what I was going to get to with the one more thing about the Nets uh, game last night. There was at one point, I, I was sitting there with my dad, and it was 
it was during a free throw. Santi Aldama, or it wasn't Santi Aldama, it was Jake LaRavia, Grizzlies rookie. Uh, this is his third game in the NBA. He missed that dunk on the fast break. They go down, we foul a Brooklyn net and some guys at the line. Kevin Durant, I look at, he's in the corner talking to somebody courtside, not Moneybag Yale or Key Glock, who were there, by the way, <laughs> but just complete randos just chirping at him. They were, you know, arguing, and Kevin Durant was laughing with him. And then I look up, and I'm like, oh, is Ja going to check in? Ja was sitting at the end of the bench. He walked all the way to midcourt and called LaRavia over there and just – said a few words to him. I assume it was about, hey, like, shake off that dunk. Like, we we still need you. We still need you locked in. Don't worry about missing that wide-open dunk. Ja wasn't checking in. Mm-hmm. He just walked right back to the bench and sat on. That That is leadership. leadership. And Ja yeah. has been in this league for four years. And the thing that the Nets are missing is a vocal leader in that locker room. The reason Kevin Durant won it with the Warriors and why that has been a conversation because at the end of the day, that was Draymond, Draymond. and Steph Curry's team. Clay Thompson, too. Yeah, and Clay Thompson's team. That was their culture. Kevin Durant, I will tell you, was the best player on the team. I'm not arguing with that. Mm-hmm. But it was not his team, and that's why he wanted to leave, and that's why he'll never win a championship outside of Golden State. 1,000%. And I, yeah, I agree with everything you just said, but also just just to throw shit at him. <laughs> Dylan Brooks in 24 minutes. <laughs> we can't even wait till the Chris talk. <laughs> I love it. 2 of 13, 0 of 5 from 3, and I – on God, these happen in a five-minute span. Because I texted you, I was like, "Oh, I'm, I, I can oh, tell see. he's been missing shooting the ball. Yeah. He's having to get them all up." But oh sorry, my, just a side dude, note. It Whoa. was like I, I was so pissed. It'd be like 19 seconds left on the shot clock. Pull up three in transition. Like, what is happening? It was so bad, man. Yeah, he shot it every time he touched it. But yeah. shout out Dylan. Yeah, yeah, shout out, shout out Dylan for with sure. one assist. On the I game. had one more, and that was. De'Aaron Fox averaging 31 points per game and the Kings being 0-3. I think those two things combined are absolutely shocking. So yeah. The Kings are expected to be better than 0-3, but at the same time, I did not expect De'Aaron Fox to come out averaging 31 points per game. Facts. No. Obviously not a recipe for success, though. No. Um, two more NBA questions before we get into this NFL and college football stuff, which I can't wait to hear your take about Ole Miss and diagnose what the hell happened. Because I will be reading your text chain later in this podcast, which was absolutely hilarious. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> um, I was – yeah, I'll, I'll get into it later. And, it, and it'll be more funny because you'll like – you know where I was now when I was just yeah. sitting there reading it just laughing. Um, but on, on a serious note, Outside of Ja Morant, Ja leads the league in points per game at 35, but there are two guys beneath him, and Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum, who have absolutely been fantastic as well. When you look at Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum, who is more likely to win MVP, J.T. or Damian Lillard? J.T. I don't even know how to think about that. Uh, and that's not a knock on Damian Lillard. It's just one of those things where J.T. is going to fill up the stat sheet just a little bit more, and I think his team is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Boston – Boston's exceeded expectations for me just because of the new coach and everything, and they've played really well. Um, but I just think J.T. is going to have the rebounds. He's probably going to have some assists, some steals, some blocks. He's going to fill up the stat sheet a little bit more than Damian Lillard, and I think he's going to be on a better team. So that's why I'm going to go J.T. I, I completely see where you're coming from. I'm just going to take the other side of it and Damian Lillard. I think Dame could have more opportunity out there in Portland. Jason Tatum's going to have an off night. Jalen Brown's going to be right there to pick it up. If Damian Lillard knows, even though Anthony Simons has been better – Dame has to be Superman this season if the Trailblazers are going to be absolutely anything. Yeah. And I think Dame has a lot to prove coming off that abdominal surgery in the past couple of years that he had. I think Damian Lillard can be more likely to win MVP for sure. One more question. Uh, we talked about the Lakers or the Nets in the plan. <laughs> Let's talk about the Lakers in the plan. Do you think the Lakers 
Is it a possibility that the Lakers miss the play-in entirely? I absolutely dude. They're competing. They're competing for Victor Wembanyama at this point, except they don't have a pick. So like, they're literally competing for nothing. Like they're just helping another team that's going to be incredible. Get Victor Wembanyama. Like who has it this year? Is it Washington? I think the Lake. Uh, yeah. Is it Washington who has that Lakers pick for this year? Uh, no, it's the Pelicans, bro. It should have been us. It should have no. been us. Dude, I swear to God. Yeah, because the, the Lakers the- dicked us out last year. By the way, for those of you who don't know, we had a trade with the Pelicans, Valanciunas, for Steven Adams. And we got sent a Lakers pick. And Pelicans were thinking that, oh, the Lakers with LeBron and AD would be just fine. It would be a late first rounder. It was a top 10 protected first round pick. Of course, the Lakers fumbled the bag for us. And the Grizzlies had to give it back to the Pelicans yep. last, for next year, which is unfortunate. But anyways, back to the Lakers being in the plan. I think... I not only think it's a possibility, I think it will happen. I think the Lakers will be in the play-in, and this is going to get blown up after 20 games. If you look at their first 16 to 20 games, they have the toughest schedule in the entire league, and they are already rumored to be in talks with the Utah Jazz about Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, et cetera, for Russell Westbrook, because you know Danny Ainge wants to sell off right now. I think the Lakers blow this up after 20 games, and they will be out of the play-in just like they were last season. No, they're garbage. Oh, yeah. They're garbage. Sure. And yeah, what the Pelicans have the right to swap picks is from the Anthony Davis trade. Next year the Pelicans also they, own that pick. They had got that uh, from AD, then they traded it to us. Yeah. It was gonna be a late first. Yeah. So they own their 2026, 2027, 2028, 2029, 2023 first round pick. But other than that, they don't own anything. Shout out to Pelicans, because I swear to God, if it's Zion and Victor Wabanyama together. Shout out to them, man. <laughs> Shout out to them. Great sure. dealing over there. Absolutely. Let's get into the NFL now. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are three and four. What the hell is life, Ooh. man? The Green Bay Packers, if I was looking at it, I'm like, I didn't expect them to be three and four, but I get it. Devontae Adams is gone. I understand it. The Bucks with Mike Evans still there, with Chris Godwin still there, Leonard Fournette still there. Devin White and Shaq Barrett and all them boys still there. Yeah. I did not see this coming at all. And especially after the Panthers trade Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson, P.J. Walker starts for Carolina, and they still get the dub. How you, what was the reaction to those two games, man? 21-3 is my reaction. Like, Are you kidding me? Three points. The Panthers. Yeah. Panthers have been god-awful. They're on a fire cell right now. It's like I'm at a loss for words because they literally – they gave up 24 to the Rams, 37 to the 49ers, 26 to the Cardinals. They beat the Saints. Good God. Uh, they gave up 19 to the Giants, 26 to the Browns. And the Bucks get three with greatest quarterback of all time, Mike Evans, mm-hmm. Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. Tough scene, man. It's horrible. Uh, Brady should have never come back, and I'll say it. it. Yeah, he shouldn't have. And I, on a non-sports note, and I think this finally answers the question. Um, I, I had heard something today. I, I don't know if it was on First Take or some other show, but it was something from the Washington Post saying that Giselle has hired a divorce attorney. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of the answers to all of our suspicions throughout the preseason, missing two weeks of training camp, missing, you know, he went to the party, which had nothing to do with his divorce, but also it's just we kind of got the answers there. Back to sports-related stuff. He seems you, zoned out. Yeah, he seems zoned out. And to be honest, I don't blame the guy. Do you believe more in the Packers right now or the Buccaneers? God, that's slim pickings. Yeah, it is. I'd, pro- I'd probably go Packers um, just really? because I think their issue is it, it's fixable. 
they they have to get a run game going because um, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers can only do so much with what he's given, and he ain't given much. Mm-hmm. So, like, your best two players on offense outside of Aaron Rodgers, obviously, are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You have to be able to get them going. They had 12 carries for 38 yards against the Commanders. The Commanders are garbage. Starting Taylor Heineke. Like, yeah. it, you ha- I, granted, you only lost by two, and I didn't watch this game because there was no way in hell I was going out of my way to watch this ball game. But 12 carries. 12 carries, A, is not enough. But the fact that you're only getting 3.2 yards for it is bad. And you have to be able to run the ball to take the pressure off that passing game. Because it's bad. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to – I think the Buccaneers is more fixable. Because the Packers, they have to have a receiver. They, if they don't have a receiver, they're not – they may not even make the playoffs. I mean, I think it's that bad and slim for the Packers right now. And they've gotten pushed around on their home field multiple times now. I just think even though Tom Brady's distracted, looks old, I think they still have the talent. It's kind of like the Brooklyn Nets of the NFL. They still have the talent to make it to the postseason. I just believe more in Tampa Bay right now, but you're right, man. It is slim pickings for yeah, sure. I, I can see a world where neither of them make the playoffs. So, Aaron Rodgers, the last three weeks, Aaron Rodgers has lost to Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and Taylor Heineke. Three weeks in a row. Almost lost to Billy Zappi. Yep, <laughs> almost did. Overtime win over yep. Zappi. Yep, it's tough. What do you think about the Patriots, man? We saw that Monday night uh, football I saw Justin Fields run all over him. Shout out Justin Fields. He may have saved his job, man. Shout out Ohio State Buckeyes. Mac Jones may have just lost That's, it. that's what I'm rooting for all the way down the little, – little preview. My girlfriend loves Ohio State because she was born in Ohio, so I'm solely rooting for Ohio State now. I'm done with Ole Miss. We'll get there. We can get you some orange. No. We can. No. We can. No. We're about to get our fifth top 25 win this weekend. Who y'all play? Oh, Kentucky. Okay. And Georgia next week. See you there game day again. Yeah, game day ain't coming to Oxford anytime soon. Bum ass give you game. A hug. I'm not talking about Tennessee for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I just want to give you a hug. No, uh, yeah, it's slim pickings. Uh, that game was I – don't, I don't go out of my way to watch the Bears. The Bears are all bad football. I don't either. One more NFL game I do want to touch on is that 49ers-Chiefs. Um, Christian McCaffrey did suit up two days after getting traded to San Francisco. However, it did not make a difference. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey, I mean, you don't expect a lot two days after. But they did get him quite a few touches – Eight attempts for 38 yards, and um, he did have two catches for 24 yards. However, the 49ers, I just wish they'd let Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball downfield a little bit more. They only know how to win one way, and that is playing from ahead, running the football. They need to learn how to win other ways. You're not beating Patrick Mahomes with field goals. Chiefs won this 44-23. to Any reaction to this game, man? We had a George Kittle sighted in this game. Yes, we did. About damn time. Uh, happy National Tight Ends Day. Yeah, happy National Tight Ends Day. Uh, George Kittle finally showed up to this week, but, uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. We said it after game one. Bills and Chiefs and everybody else. That's that's literally the ball game we're playing right now. I don't now. care about the Eagles, the Giants, whatever. No. It's Bills, Chiefs, and everybody, everybody else. else. I will be I will be literally shocked at the end of the year if the Bills and Chiefs are not the, Bills or the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl. Mm. Like if the Bills or Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl, if one of those two doesn't make it, I will also be incredibly shocked. Mm. Something would have to be drastically gone wrong. But uh. Yeah, no. Chiefs dominated them. Shout out to my Cowboys for playing like the worst offensive game I've ever seen in my life and still winning 24 to 6 because our defense forced five turnovers in the second half. Sam Williams, my boy Sam Williams, literally strip sack, grabs the ball out of Jared Goff's hands and starts running. 
Start keep milking this, man. You know what's I love next. the Cowboys. <laughs> I love the Cowboys. My, yeah, dude, That's all I've got. Cowboys, <laughs> That's all I've got right now. Seriously, on a serious note, they could. I mean, they're in competition with everybody else in the NFC. I think you have to start respecting the Vikings, the Giants, and the Cowboys. I'm, I'm dead ass serious. At the end of the day, Dallas is probably – what are we right now? We're four, five and two? Yeah. All right, five and two. I'm going to say they – God, lose, I wish I, Baker played for the Vikings. I'm going to say they lose probably like three more games. Just because that's uh, just to be nice. So twelve and five. That sounds like a normal Cowboys regular season. We lose game. We lose my prediction. We lose. We lose game one in the postseason. That's how it always works. Yeah, I guess that's how it always works. That's why if if that happens, you still have him. McCarthy as your head coach. It's been shocking what he's done this far. Look, regular season does. He's played well. Dan Quinn's Dan Quinn's coached well. Our defense has won us every game that we've won, Jack. (laughs) Bro, I'm just warming you up. No, Mike McCarthy. Try to get you fired up, man. Oh, I'm already fired up. I'm, <laughs> I've already had to think about Ole Miss tell, today. Tell them your outfit. Oh, yeah, name. by the way, uh, I'm wearing absolutely nothing that has to do with sports. This is a Myrtle Beach hat. This is a Foo Fighters jacket that I got from going to the Foo Fighters concert. Shout out, Foo Fighters. Shout and then there's Foo an Fighters. ACDC tie-dye shirt under here and then sweatpants. Nothing to do with sports teams today. I was going to wear a Cowboys thing, but then I was like, yeah, they didn't really look great, and they beat the they bar- they barely beat the Lions. That score is deceiving. You're saving Grist stuff for the Grist talk. Yeah, and I'm saving Grist for the Grist talk. That second plug of the pod. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. I'm wearing absolutely nothing that has to do with my sports teams because I'm very disappointed. I literally hadn't thought about Ole Miss since uh, Sunday when I saw they got absolutely shellacked, and then Jack brought it up today, and I immediately started sweating from like anger. Oh yeah, I I texted him today. I said. I said, bring your uh, three biggest surprises first week in the NBA, blah, blah, blah. And, he, and I said, and your rant about Ole Miss is about to be a lead. I can't wait to hear it. And you go, oh, no, I'd block that out of my mind. <laughs> well, let's get into college football while I read uh, your oh, no. text chain. This is going to be bad. As I get through our Dylan Brooks bitching from the other <laughs> night. All right, here we go. So the Ole Miss Rebels went to Baton Rouge and fell to the Tigers 45-20. to Jackson Dart had 284 yards, 19-34. to one interception, got sacked three times. Juckins ran the ball really well, 25 times for 111 yards. Uh, but your team did lose by 25, and this was Cooper's text chain. This was well before the game ended. This, I believe. Oh, this was in the second quarter. This was in the second <laughs> quarter. Uh, these are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 texts in a row. Well, Ole Miss is going to lose. So much for our Tennessee Ole Miss SEC championship. We effing suck. They've made my day so much worse now. I'm done with Lane and Dart. F them both. Hell yeah, damn right. F Ole Miss. <laughs> F this job I'm doing. <laughs> F it all. I'm going to – we're going to go effing 7-5, and five, lose out. We are the new Kentucky. F Lane Kiffin. End of script. So, Cooper, I don't want you to explain it because you don't have to. It speaks for itself. But how are you feeling about your Ole Miss Rebels, man? Dude – I'm going to set the mic down, yeah. So, I, for those of y'all that didn't know, I, I've been working a job this past two weekends building a desk for a doctor, so it's kind of taken away from my college football and NFL watching me. As I've been, I literally have put in two 10-hour days on Saturdays the past two Saturdays. So, I did not get to watch this game at full. Uh, I was actually – I think we were grabbing lunch when the game first started, so I got to, like, turn on it – or turn it on for a few seconds, and I watched, like, a little bit of the first quarter. Saw we were up 17-3, to and I was like, let's go. I was like, good day. Um. Yeah, it did not go as planned after that seventeen to three because we have some stubborn ass coaches, and it starts with Lane Kiffin. He's stubborn. That's all I've got to say. Like I shouldn't even have to go into detail, but I'm going to because I have the I have the ability to. You, 
Jackson Dart, you said his stats. I'm going to repeat them just for those of you listening. Please do. 19 of 34, 283 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Half of – probably more than half – I think 200 yards of that came in the first quarter in the first part of the second quarter. Half of those passing yards came in there because Ole Miss was tearing them a new one passing the ball because they stacked – We were up 17-3. to three, We were up 17-3. Because yeah. I checked the score, and I told you this on the phone. I was like, I checked the score, and I was like, oh, Ole Miss taking care of business. Happy yeah. for him, man. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We were doing it by passing the ball because they stacked eight in the box. And then Ole Miss gets up 17-3, and three, they're like, all right, cool. Let's run the ball. Mm. Inside zone left, inside zone right. Let's just do that for the whole time. Because Charlie Weiss is a bum. That's our offensive coordinator. He's a bum. Because your OC from last year left, correct? Yeah, he went, to, he went to Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> Shout out that. Yeah, he has, he has not much better. So, I could have this wrong, but I think Keyshawn Jukins on the first three drives of the game when we scored 17 points, he ran the ball three or four times. Okay. He ended the game with 25 carries. Um. Ever since, so twenty of his carries came when we couldn't score the ball at all because we got complacent and we decided, oh, we're just going to run the ball because they're stacking eight in the box, so let's run the ball, right? That makes sense, right? Right. As a as just a football fan, stacking the box, we're going to run right at it, right? That's going to make make sense. No, so instead of just continuing to pass the ball and forcing them to back up and then let your run game develop, we kept forcing the run and it it screwed us over, and so we're in third and long, and they just got to berate our quarterback and he couldn't do anything that's pitiful. the offensive side of things I wanna, oh, oh I i'm hear, ready i want to hear the defensive side of things i'm going to read the opposing quarterback Jaden daniels yeah. LSU's, heisman <laughs> all right i'm not going heisman He's candidate not, okay heisman candidate he passed for 248 yards two touchdowns and ran for 121 yards and three and more three yeah. touchdowns five total tds for Jaden daniels and lsu's qb heisman candidate um what went wrong in your opinion on the defensive side of things and who do you blame for that uh stubborn your defensive scheme your defensive coordinator why in the hell are we still running a three down lineman like that's so stupid the three two six or whatever the hell that is, is this retarded. is therapy y'all dude i'm this sorry therapy. I'm sorry. The only teams that that defense is successful against is Mississippi State. That's the only defense successful against because they don't run the ball whatsoever. So dropping eight is the only team that that's successful. <laughs> Shout against. out to the two Mississippi schools, man. Rough week for like, them, man. I just don't understand how a running quarterback. A, you're not going to have a QB spy on him. That was stupid. Because the only times we actually touched him, we. We blitzed. Oh, my God. We sent more than three people at him. Mm-hmm. And so the other two times, so like he, half of his run came on just scrambles because we would send three. Everybody else would be dropped. And he'd be like, all right, I'm going to let this develop. I'm running it anyways. Uh, oh, this dude's about to come tackle me. Skirt. Everybody's 30 yards down the field, so I'm going to get at least 20. Right. That's how it literally went every time. Mm-hmm. And then Ole Miss cannot effing tackle. I, I just don't know. Like, that's – I don't know if that's just coaching or these dudes just don't understand how to tackle. Because when I learn how to tackle, it's called you wrap up. But these dudes just go in there like this, thinking that just waylaying the dude in the gut is going to make him go down. But no, it doesn't. Uh, that just makes him bounce off of you and keep running. So Ole Miss is pitiful. Uh, I can't wait to play Texas A&M because Haynes King will be a Heisman candidate after we're through with him. Uh, shout out Jaden Daniels, who is officially in the Heisman race after he played us. Hotty toddy. Let's get into the AP top 25. The top six remain the same. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee at number three, Michigan at number four, Clemson number five, and Alabama at number six, who 
beat Mississippi State. Clemson, they really struggled with Syracuse. As a Tennessee fan, I wanted so badly for the Clemson Tigers to lose because Tennessee, we're going into a two-week stretch of Kentucky at home. Not too terribly worried about that, although, you know, I have a similar feeling to the Florida and LSU game for us. Um, but the following week, we go to Georgia. As a Tennessee fan, I kind of expect us to lose to Georgia in Athens. And I thought, you know, if we lose, we don't have to go to the SEC championship. And Clemson's, if they lost to Syracuse, we'd probably still backdoor into the college football playoff. But now we're probably going to have to, you know, close to win out uh, to be able to do that. So Clemson did get past Syracuse. Did you watch any of that game? Uh, I watched Syracuse, Gary Schrader throw the interception. That was about all I got to see. Because uh, you told me, you were like, your boy DJ finally got benched. And I was yeah, like, oh. Yeah, because I just got a noty about that. Because he had said, you had said on the pod, you were like, I'm just waiting for DJ Uyongalele to get di- uh, benched for the five-star. The five-star came in and just Looks good. was guns a-blazing. Dabo Sweeney came out and said that It's DJ's, still DJ's team. Yeah. How? How Dude, is that? He is, just saved your season. This is literally Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence exactly, all over again. Exactly. Trevor Lawrence took the job. This Kubliak kid, I think that's his name, and I'm, I apologize if I'm saying it wrong, but this this kid's going to take the job. Also, shout out Syracuse. I really I like. I understand man. you lost this game. For them to be in it in Clemson too. Exactly. It's tough, man. Uh, Klub, yeah, Klubnik, Klubnik, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, shout out Syracuse. You really did have this game in the bag, so it's kind of a tough one to swallow. But, like, they played really well, and I don't think people gave them a chance. I mean, they were 14-point exactly. underdogs in this mm-hmm. ballgame. So, like, you played really well in that game. Oh, so, for like, sure. Uh, shout out to them. But, yeah, Clemson, I, Clemson, Clemson's remaining schedule, I think, is crap. As I said, not much movement up top. Top six are the same. Yeah. Uh, however, we did have movement at seven. TCU jumped up to that spot. Oregon <laughs> jumped up two places with a big win over UCLA, two number eight. What was your reaction to that? Bo Nix, after getting blown off the field in week one by Georgia, they've now won six straight, and he's rewrote his career, really. No, keep an eye out for Oregon. Uh, Oregon is going to be that team. If, if Pac-12 gets a team in, it will be Oregon. Because think about it. What's your only loss? To the number one team in the nation. It's like they're not going to default you for losing to the team that everybody else lost to. And It's going to be USC-Oregon in a Pac-12 championship. They're blowing teams. Oh, I know. But they're blowing teams out of the water. They're blowing teams out. Like, Bo Nix looks like an actual quarterback now. You better wear your Also, shout out Mario Cristobal for literally – First off, you're a horrible coach because you had Justin Herbert and you couldn't win shit. And then you go to <laughs> – How's he doing in Miami now? And then you go to Miami and you fucking suck. Yeah, like, you're dude, bad. Who did they lose to this Dude, weekend? they got beat by, like, 40. Yeah, at home. They got beat by 40. And this didn't dude – They for, didn't lose to – They lose to Middle Tennessee State at home. Yeah, they shit. got killed. Jesus, man. And what's funny is the dude who took over your job at Oregon has Oregon, like, clicking on all yeah. cylinders. Shout out my boy Austin White, by the way. I need to text him. <laughs> But he's a big Miami fan. Tough, oh, really? Tough scene, man. That's that, uh, how you can never be a Miami fan. It's a tough scene. Yeah, it is. Oklahoma State, number nine. They jumped up two slots um, as well. Who did? They beat Texas. Okay. They did beat Thank Texas. God. Screw Texas. Are, how are you feeling about Sarkeesian? I was having this argument with you last <laughs> week. I'm like, he's probably going to be on the hot seat, man. I get that you have Arch coming in, but if you can't win next year, I really think you should be fired because the talent – this has been a – if we're being realistic here, it's been a – Big step down from Tom Herman. Yeah. Tom Herman would sleepwalk into eight and four seasons, and that just wasn't good enough, understandably so. But Sarkeesian's not even getting you to six or seven. Texas has to understand that you're not the Texas of old. Um, Especially walking in the SEC. Yeah, that's going to be a rude awakening. They're going to wish they never done it. They better pray they get put in the East. If they're in the West with Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, dude, A&M. Even if they well, – I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, 
Hey, last time we played Texas, we wiped the field with them with Bo Wallace uh, in Texas. So shout out to that. I bet you've played 300 NCAA football games with Bo Wallace. No, no, like on NCAA yeah. fourteen. No, I usually uh, I usually bench him for uh, the dude. Oh, what was the dude's name that was behind him? Like Jeremiah Mazzoli or something. I'm assuming like that. you just run a read option with him. He's got to okay. Yeah, he's super fast. By the Triple way, option. those of you who don't know, he clears me in NCAA football. He clears absolutely anybody I've ever met. He's insane <laughs> in NCAA football. Dude, the one time that I played with Jadavian Clowney, you remember that game? Oh my, dude, I couldn't even get like pass I had five the ball. sacks. I like in the pass the ball. It was <laughs> yeah. broken. I love I love NCAA football, but no, uh, Texas is an interesting one because I mean, did they fall out of the top twenty? Yeah. Uh, they fell out of the top 25 again, um, but they're right there. Like, And it's one of those things where you almost lost in that game. But the reason I think he gets another chance, right? you beat the shit out of Oklahoma. Mm. And let's be honest. Texas fans only care about Oklahoma. <laughs> like, they don't care about any other game, but you beat Oklahoma 49 to nothing. Right. You're going to get a – you're gonna. they're going to be like, nah, Brent, we remember you beating Oklahoma. You can stay another year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you a chance with Arch. Like, so I think that's his saving grace. Uh, that, right that is, absolutely. I'm not calling for this guy's job right now. I'm just saying, if he doesn't do it with Arch Manning, you know, that'll be the talk of the offseason for me. Yeah. Uh, we'll be and Texas. What, they're 5-3. and three. Uh, My USC Trojans still in the top 10. They didn't play. Just like they should be. They jumped up two. <laughs> spots in their bye week they they come off a tough loss against utah it was a bad loss but you know I, I can't wait to watch sit down and watch a pac-12 championship with you as you wear your green and i'll be wearing my uh be wearing red and yellow i won't be wearing any color to show support for the pac-12 okay let's keep it a stack you and i will not be watching that game probably it's only the same time as the sec championship yeah, no I shot it. bro now, I'm pretty sure the Pac-12, it's like on a Thursday or Friday night. They have purposely oh, yeah. have it on a different night. Yeah. But let's get out of the top ten now. Why does uh, – I see uh, AP has a printer error. Look at that. Wake Forest and USC are both at ten, but I'm assuming that's 11. Yeah, they're at Wake 11. Wake Forest is at a n- number 11. They jumped up three slots there. Who did Wake play this year? <laughs> so I have no idea either. UCLA, by they the way, we're game. talking about – uh, Oregon, they dropped down three spots to number 12. Chip Kelly. They played Boston College. But Wake Forest still has to play at Louisville, at NC State, home against North Carolina, at or home against Syracuse, and then at Duke. Yeah, Sam, got Sam some, Hartman still got some stuff. They here. still got some stuff to prove. And speaking of uh, long, long-time long quarterback, Sean Clifford, Penn State, Nittany, Nittany Lions at 13. They're so overrated. Like, that team's so bad. They're going to get waxed by Ohio State this week. They are. They are. And I think it's at Penn State, too, which makes it work. You can skip 15, by the way. Uh, 14 is Utah, and they just keep climbing the ranks. I mean, it, it was a, it was a tough team that U, U, USC uh, played. So shit happens. Number 15 is Ole Miss. They unfortunately dropped eight yeah. spots. We for this drop. We have talked about this team enough. I'm not going to put Coop through any more of it's that. Number Let's 16 is Syracuse. They dropped two spots after losing to Clemson at Clemson. Good effort by them. Illinois. Number seventeen. Shocking. How you feeling about Brett Bielema, man? Yeah, fighting Bielema's baby. Mm-hmm. I ha- dude, I pick him every week now. Bring him to Ole Miss. I know. I'm <laughs> playing, bro. I'm sorry, dog. I had to. <laughs> bro, you know how many coaches I've suffered through. Lane Kiffin. There's a lot worse guys to have. The fact that you're bitching about him after winning ten games last season. This is what made me want to puke. It's just the fact that he's he. 
It's the big games. I wish, wish we could win the big games. But, like, dude, Brett Bama. Oh, he never played one with us, but thanks. <laughs> hey, he almost won that one with Bama if Terrence Cody went there. Yeah, or our 7-5 and five season and then leaving USC uh, was fun. Dude, if Brett Bielema came to be my coach, I'd cry. Because he's the one that did the effing Hunter Henry 4th and 25 bullshit to take us out of the SEC championship game. On the flip side of this, I'm looking at 18. LSU had no movement. Did you expect them to, like— No, they were not ranked. Oh, they were not ranked. Yeah, they we no. we lost to an unranked LSU team oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was seven and then yeah. got raped sideways. Kentucky also was unranked. They jumped up to nineteen just in time for Tennessee to get their fifth top twenty-five win this weekend. Toughest schedule, uh, pretty much played out of the top three to four to one hundred and twenty-five college football teams. But Cincinnati is at number 20. North Carolina, 21. Stop me if any of this interests you. Kansas State, 22. Tulane, 20. Shout out Tulane for beating the shit out of Memphis. <laughs> I don't knew that would interest you. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Oh, yeah. The last two, NC State at 24. And South Carolina, Spencer Rattler, the prick himself, has now entered the top 25, man. How you feel about Spencer Rattler? Just out of curiosity, uh, you want to hear Spencer Rattler's stats? It was totally. No, no, no. Just for the year, do you want to hear his stats? Oh, God. I haven't heard his year stats. 1,466 yards on 63% completion, five touchdowns, 18 interceptions. No. Five to 18. I was about to say. I was like, there's no shot. Five touchdowns. 18 interceptions. (laughs) My bad. Five touchdowns to eight interceptions. And then he's ran ran the ball 38 times for 10 yards. Dude, five to eight TD to INT ratio. How are they five and two? I have no idea. He's horrible. Okay, so you watch QB one, right? Yeah. How like you're the one that put me on. How good does this make you feel? Oh, I know. And but the fact that twenty five. Yeah, and that's why that's why I love Justin Fields as much as I do because of that show. Same here. I like. uh, Is it Beamer that's at South Carolina? Yeah. I was talking to my buddy Philip Barber. He's he uh, just graduated from South Carolina this year actually and I was like I was so happy for him because this that USC team the Gamecocks really haven't had anything since Steve Spurrier left they had the must champ era now Beamer um, the son of a great coach has now kind of reinvigorated this team they've entered the top 25 and he had a freaking like it was like a like a assistant coach the or water boy shit. yeah last yeah, year or something yeah, like that, some shit that yeah scout team whatever the fuck like started started for them last year now Spencer Rattler you just read his stats man he hasn't been good either and somehow they're five and two and they beat A&M handed the Aggies their third straight loss let's talk about Jimbo Fisher man is it time he had the number one recruiting Dude. class he out recruited Nick Saban and he's sitting at three and four through week seven, three and four for Texas A&M. I thought it was a stupid hire when they did it because he literally sunk Florida State into a dump. Yeah. Like, he was not good then, and he's not good now, but at the end of the day, he makes so much money that it's going to be tough to fire him. Yeah. <laughs> Their, I, that buyout will be massive. You're absolutely right because they just gave him that contract. I don't think they will either. But I was telling uh, my stepdad earlier today, I'm like, these are the coaches that I don't understand. Um, if I'm a – Let's say Mississippi State fan. You know I'm Tennessee above anything, but Mississippi State, I went there uh, a, a lower, like a kind of team that has lesser money than an Alabama, than a Georgia or whatever. Um, I like Dan Mullen. I hate Dan Mullen. I, I'm sorry, but he, he doesn't recruit. Same with Florida. If I'm a Florida fan, I like Dan Mullen. Look at what Billy Napier has done this year. Dan Mullen can't recruit for shit, but he's going to sleepwalk into eight, nine, ten wins yep. season. Look at Auburn. I like Gus Malzahn. Yeah, he's doing awesome with you, UCF. He's not. He is. He's not doing like amazing, but Sean Ross Plumley was a Heisman candidate earlier. He's in the year. doing a hell of a lot better than 
than Billy Hart, yeah, Brian Harson. Yeah, Brian Harson, the poor guy that's trying to get run out of town right now. But I, I take guys like Gus Malzahn and Dan Mullen, guys who can actually coach. I don't give a damn about recruiting. I give a damn about wins and losses. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher has not been able to do that with the number one recruiting class. Dude, they're bad. Yeah. Like bad. Bad, bad. Bad, bad. Bad. Yeah. Rough. Pretty tough. <laughs> How do you feel about your old Miss Rebels playing there, man? Just a little quick preview. You've you've heard what I said. Haynes King will be a Heisman candidate by the time we're through with him. We're gonna end the podcast on that. We're now. gonna go seven and five. We're gonna lose out. Speaking of Heisman candidates, um Hennan Hooker's Hen- number one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> I showed you the graphic before. Those of you who don't know, ESPN College Football Instagram account. They had their top five Heisman candidates. Caleb Williams and Hennan Hooker were both in it. Uh, obviously, Hennan Hooker. I don't care, dude. Caleb Williams won't be going to the playoffs now. And so first I'm half, so happy. First half against UT Martin, Hennan Hooker had 308 yards and three touchdowns. Jalen Hyatt has seven touchdowns in two weeks, five of them against Alabama. So I'm just feeling really good right now. He couldn't even get five against UT Martin. Yeah, he did. He only played a quarter, so. Should have had five. Oh, interesting. Did you see his screen for a touchdown, by the way? He broke like four tackles, but anyway. I, I, I didn't watch any football. You really think I, if I was going to watch anything, I was going to go out of my way <laughs> to watch UT Martin. Martin versus Tennessee? I didn't watch it either. No. I didn't watch it either. No, I did not. By the way, can't wait to see the black unis on Tennessee this weekend. Is that is that – The gray and the blacks are nice. I will I, admit. I think I like the blacks better than the grays. I like both of them because they're not as ungodly, like too much orange at me. Is that A&M uh, game in Oxford? Uh-uh. It's at A&M. Okay. Technically, is, is that why you're nervous about it? I'm nervous about everyone. Because, bro, game. if Jimbo loses four, because if Ole Miss beats A and M, which I think would they, they be three they and should, five or three and six? Three and five, I believe. I would love for them not to go. That'd be their game. fourth loss in a row. I would love for them. It'd be to go Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, then Ole Miss. Uh, I I didn't do this last week, but I I knew it had been a long time since Ole Miss had won in uh Baton Rouge, which came to fruition because we couldn't win, and it had been since 2008. Um, I want to say the last time that Ole Miss won in Texas A&M, which was Shea Patterson as their uh, quarterback. Sick. And technically both of those uh, games have been seeded because of the uh, Laramie Tunsil bullcrap. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's been a few years since we've won <laughs> at Texas A&M. Uh, but let me see if I can find it. But, no, I, I'm not – let's be honest. Like, I'm not crazy worried about Texas A&M. Uh, but at the end of the day, Ole Miss did not give me much hope that we're just going to go out there and wow people. Yeah, the last time we won in College Station was 2016, and uh, we vacated that game. And the other time we won was 2014, we vacated that game. Well, it's it's a good thing Desmond Bain and John Morant both went for 38 yeah. last night. It's a good thing Desmond Bain finally woke up and played basketball. Dude, I can't wait to talk about that tomorrow. Because yeah, Des, we needed it. We like, did. it's – I my it was a dog, shot in the arm. My dumbass predicted – I had to write an article for Bill Street Bears. I was like, yeah, Desmond Bain's going to have a big game against the Rockets. Of course, I pulled Jaw's numbers, and his last two – we were talking about it before the game. His last two games against the Rockets were absolutely abysmal. Jaw goes for 49. I feel like the dumbest human on earth. There was no defense play, yeah, though. Like, you true. couldn't have predicted and them And Des played play. horribly. It was an AAU game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm just glad he, he played well against Brooklyn. We'll Shut talk up. about that, Santi Aldama, and so much more on the Grizz Talk. But for this pod, Coop, hope you have a great, great night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too.